0: How do I start this again? I completely forgot. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast, the podcast about all things metal and everything in between. A production of TheMetalRobot.com, created and hosted by Tom McKay. Okay, so this podcast is going to be a bit different. This episode of the podcast is going to be slightly different. Uh, There's obviously, you know, we still have another topic that we want to talk about here. Uh, In this case, it's uh, in response to Reba Mayers of uh, Code Orange and her response to why the metal industry is, quote, falling behind some other genres. We do talk about that, but before we do that, I wanted to sit down with someone to talk about... Some music. So in this case, I sat down with Lindsay Schoolcraft again for uh, for the channel. We recorded an interview previously. It didn't work out because that footage got corrupted. Always have backups, kids. Uh, so we sat down again for the podcast and we talked about her upcoming album, Worlds Away. We also had some good laughs there, and it was we had a lot of fun. So I wanted to share that uh, interview with you on the podcast. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. You're listening to MRP. Metal Robot Podcast. When it comes to defying genre, I have never seen anybody in the metal community do it better than Lindsay Schoolcraft. She's known for her goth rock metal sound that you've heard on her solo work, also her part in the extreme metal band Cradle of Filth a while back, and also she's known for now doing harp covers of her own work. It's so diverse, it's fantastic. Now, you probably guessed when hitting play on this podcast that we're going to be talking with her about her upcoming atmospheric harp album, Worlds Away, that's due out October 9th. Well, you're wrong. She's actually not here. We're just going to be talking shit about Spotify again. I hope that's okay. Everything's going to be great for that. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She's here on the podcast. Uh, Lindsay Schoolcraft, the lovely and talented. How are you doing today?
1: Hey, Tom, I'm really, really good.
0: How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I personally, I'm actually glad that we're doing this interview for the podcast. Uh, less stuff to lose in corruption, but also Guys. because I essentially, I essentially just rolled out of bed for this one, and I look like Ellen DeGeneres if she was thrown in the dryer on Tumble. So I'm glad that we're, <laughs> there's no cameras on me right now. It's fantastic. Oh, you know, uh, and I did my face
1: for you today but it's okay <laughs> ah,
0: shucks okay <laughs> well damn right. okay uh so yeah like like i just mentioned we actually did try this podcast before well not the podcast we tried doing video yeah. a few months ago uh we had we sat here for like a good uh hour or so i think i got like an hour's worth of footage out of, yeah. uh, of that interview and then Lo and behold, all the footage got corrupted. Fantastic. Oh, so let, this be, let this be a lesson, kids. Let this be a lesson. Always back up all your files. Exactly. Because uh, that re- that re- really sucks. But you know what? It's a good thing that we actually got the chance to sit down with you again. Because uh, this time, there is a harp album in question to talk about. We mentioned yeah. this last time as you were talking about how it's almost done. It's pretty much complete and just has to be mixed and mastered. But now it's here, essentially. It's coming out. Yeah. We have the name and we have, in a way, some, a, an actual single that's coming out soon with a music video too. So I want to take this opportunity for the segment of the show to focus on Worlds Away. To say that this album is different from your previous work is an understatement. I was given the chance to hear the album early and it is vastly different in terms of feel and tone from anything that you've done previously for, you know, the obvious 20 plus string reasons, but also for not so obvious reasons. What clicked in your brain that this was an album that you wanted to do for uh, your discography?
1: Oh, man. So the decision came about probably between like Christmas and New Year's. And um, it it was I was just coming out of a really bad depression and burnout, especially with leaving cradle filth. And it was just like that little glimpse of hope, like to keep going and, and find like my fulfillment and my joy, find that again. And I was like, okay, I really want to do this. So then I I survey my fans. Like, I talk to them every year, year and a half. I send out a survey and want to know what what they're thinking, what's going on in their lives, what are they into. Like, I just want to know what my fans are up to. And I asked a question in my last fan survey, like, you know, if I did a harp album, is that something you'd be interested in? And it was like a hard 80% yeah. Like, they were like, yeah. And it didn't surprise me because the demographic in which my fans are in, we come from the time of MTV Unplugged, you know, so like, It just, it just totally made sense. I was like, all right, this is going to work. Um, so yeah, it just, I just kept going with it and I was having so much fun and there's just so much love poured into that album for, it, it, it's celebrating 10 years of being a solo artist and then like closing that chapter and, and looking towards the future and thinking about like, what what do I want to do next? Essentially.
0: Um, I mean, it definitely is. Uh, I, I feel like it definitely is pushing forward towards a new chapter in a way. Like, obviously I feel like the metal side of you is not going to be going anywhere anytime soon, no. but, but I feel back. like in terms of, yeah, <laughs> that's good to hear. Well, in this <laughs> album, I feel like in a way, like it felt like you found your tonal center from what I can tell in terms of like yeah. how well your vocals fit in the mix but as well Thank as you. as well as how like at the atmosphere that's built around the harp and the strings and everything going on it felt like it was as well as you know the new songs obviously but as but the old songs that were redone for this album it felt like that get stripping them back into like uh, just a harp and some strings in your voice that's when you know that that you have a good song on your hands because if you can strip it all back all all the bullshit, all the elements, and just keep it simple and still make it sound amazing, then you've got a simple man right there.
1: Oh, cheers. Thank you. I mean, that's kind of what I strive <laughs> to do. I mean, I always say, like, if I – either than my crazy classical music, black metal band Antiqua, I don't expect us to strip mm-hmm. that down any Even though I am writing the piano now to stand on its own as a composition, but – No, um, yeah, I just I've always wanted to do that. I'm like, you know, if I I, all all my rock songs like start that way, they start with just me on the piano or on the harp or singing in the air, you know. Um, just it, it, I really want it to be something that can be translated to other, I guess, formats, and that's what I've always strived to do. And it's really fun when it becomes like a full rock band or hard rock, heavy metal song, but then when you just strip it back, that's when it like, that's, that was so much fun. I mean, some of it was challenging, but it, I mean, I was stuck in lockdown with my, my poor producer, Tyler, like we had nothing else to do. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, lockdown always brings out the best ideas in everyone. Uh, it's yeah. always good to, when that ends up happening, but a, a funny coincidence here, I'm sure this is nothing. I was looking at the release date for this album and I noticed something worlds oh, yeah. away comes out in October. Martyr also came out in October. Two days apart. Now, Now, this may be a stupid question, but (laughs) if a third album was to release in October as well, like, what's going to happen? Will, will planets align or something? Will the gates open up? Will, will vampires be on the loose? What awaits us at the end of this grand plan? Do you know, or is this just coincidence?
1: Well, I mean, the vampire is already out on the loose at night. so like, oh, there's well, okay, nothing, There's nothing we can do about that. I don't know. I just, <laughs> we kind of laughed. I was talking with my team here at the label, and we're like, okay, let's do this day, release the singles on this day, blah, blah, blah. And then we, like, go to look. We're like, you know the one-year anniversary of Martyrs, like, two days after World's Way comes out, and I'm like... Huh. So who knows? Maybe October 10th next year, y'all will get Antiqua. Like I, it was, just, <laughs> it was so funny. We're like, what is going on? Like there's a certain set of days, and I'm sure. I think when I was in
0: Cradle, did Cryptoria
1: Cryptoriana come around around that time? I don't know. It's something oh, about October. It's a good month. I
0: I don't remember honestly. I remember I reviewed that album for the channel, but I don't remember when that came out. It was either October or October. Yeah, I'd have to look into it afterwards. But uh, but that yeah. if it came in October, that would be a hell of a coincidence. Um, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I saw that. I was like, I would hold up. What other Lindsay School Craft releases came out in October? <laughs> thankfully, it was just those two. And, uh, no, thankfully, no prophecy is being fulfilled. But uh, nonetheless, not yet. I was, <laughs> not yet. Time will yeah. tell. But yeah. um, that, so that's good. That's good. So go, going into Worlds Away, I want to take the time now to actually go through Worlds Away with you. You know, talk okay. about the album's conception, your thoughts on any particular track, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But it's because it's not just, you know, harp covers of your previous work. There's also new songs on here. Starting yeah. off with the title track, Worlds Away. Tell me about that one. And what how'd that song come about?
1: Oh man, that one was actually supposed to be on Martyr, but it was written too late. Like it was around the poor Rocky, man. Right working with me has gotta be <laughs> tough. Um oh. and we were at like 17 songs for Martyr. And we had to be like, Okay, we need we need to just cut it at 13 and call it bay because we had so much fun writing together we kind of, like, didn't think, like, oh, hey, like, we need to chop it down and just focus on an album right now. Mm -hmm. Like, stop, like, you know, we had, like, a really electronic, like, rock song, very Nine Inch Nails sounding, and then we had, like, we were working on Emily, which I still don't know what to do with that track, and then, uh, then... Yeah, breakable, and then there was worlds away, and worlds away was just half done. And at the time, and it it was about like you know never really telling someone how I truly felt about them, and then the being like worlds away, and there was nothing I could do about it, and there was a lot of that hopelessness. So then uh, I I for months tried to figure this thing out on the piano. Like I come back to it and like, ah, this sounds too much like Coldplay. Like I'm not digging it. And then I brought it to the harp and it was just like, boom, this is like where this song belongs. This is exactly what it should be. And then lockdown happened and it really like I kept a lot of the old message of the song, but also like what a lot of people were going through with like isolation and feeling worlds away from everyone um, and it just, it was of the time. It was just meant to be. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just really happy. It finally has a home and it's coming out and that that song is very near and dear to my heart because I'm being very honest in that song. Like I, that's, that I'm a hopeless romantic at heart and like, it, it's where I can just, you know, I don't want drama in my personal life, but there's always mm-hmm. room for drama in my music. So I just pour it all into that.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, drama and music, that's how, that's the foundation of most rock and metal.
1: Uh, exactly. <laughs> like,
0: it, yeah, I mean, you know, with metal, obviously, you got to add a bit more blood and guts, but still drama. Yeah. Lots of drama. Yeah,
1: lots <laughs> so, of uh, anger and sadness. All <laughs> <up>. <laughs> exactly,
0: exactly. So, uh, going further into the album, we've got uh, we've got a few songs that you've previously released. Savior, obviously, from Martyr. Uh, Darkness Falls and Fading Star, I believe, were from your debut EP, I believe. Uh, um, which was Fading, Fading Star was sky. on its own. Yeah, Rushing to
1: the, rushing the sky, sky. I brought over. Yeah, Darkness Falls, Masquerade, Your Mind. Those are the mm-hmm. ones that I brought over from the Rushing Through the Sky EP, and then yeah, then I I couldn't just abandon Fading Star because I went to Australia at the end of 18 going into 19. And I did like a small tour with my harp. It was really fun. I got to DJ and play harp to a yoga class, I got to catch up with Zen. It was just like the best. Um, and not saying like meditating, like being Zen, like my actual best friend, Zenwar of the scarce Like it was just such a cool time. And during that tour, I wrote Fading Star as a harp version. And the people just freaked out when I started playing it live. They're like, wow, like that was so neat. And then, Um, yeah, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it one last time and put it on this album because it was part of the past 10 years, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was really, it was quite the collection, um, of music, like putting all that together, deciding on everything. Yeah,
0: well, I I definitely have a bigger question about, uh, Savior. Obviously, you know, one of, one of the more favorites off of Martyr, in my opinion, um, what, what was it like trying to tr- transform that song into like from like this heavy metal evanescence type of song into right. this v- very atmospheric harp thing? Was there any real struggle you had transforming it into a, a softer version of itself?
1: No, because it's actually, I didn't really uh, realize this until I took some theory lessons with Richard Shaw when I was in Cradle and we were on the road one day. I found out that uh, Savior's so actually in a mode and, it, it, and mm. on the harp, you cannot be chromatic. Like you have to stick to that that scale on the harp right I mean you can move things around a little bit if eh, I'm lazy so I, I kept it <laughs> I kept it in the mode and then it, it, it's very Middle Eastern sounding so I just worked with the mode that I had and it, I loved doing that version it just came so naturally It is so haunting and almost like you know the harp came from Egypt it almost sounds Egyptian to me so I was just like this is neat this is really neat
0: yeah, it definitely has a very exotic vibe in both mm-hmm. versions, of course. But this one, I feel like that was more exemplified. Like, yeah. if I was to guess as a, as a theory nerd, Phrygian yes. or or Phrygian dominant.
1: Oh gosh, you know what? I'll have to get back to you. I have it written down somewhere. I think <laughs> you're right. It was it was either Phrygian or like the the one before or after it. I don't remember. My brain is just fog but yeah I do I do have it I think you're right I think that was the one <laughs>
0: okay yeah because I, I, I myself have written a few a few things in and it's very it's it's very for its uh for its very mm-hmm. own uh kind of thing uh so going further into the album I, I do want to talk a bit more about uh Dance on the Strings I believe is one of the new ones yeah. that uh has been previously unreleased tell me about that song
1: yeah, that one is very, very old. It was actually supposed to be on my first EP, rushing through the sky. But then really? I just ran, yeah, I ran out of time and money. I was you know pre-cradle era of my life, and I was like, if I want to do this song, I want to do it big. Like it was very. Mm. I remember it being very inspired by Camelot's Ghost Opera for some reason. And, uh, you know, for years I tried to slam it out on the piano and again, it wasn't working. And then I brought it to the harp and then it just started like flowing, like no one's business. And I'm like, damn, like, this is crazy. So anytime anything doesn't work on the piano anymore, I'm just going to toss it on the harp and see where it goes. (laughs) You know, that's my new thing that I've learned. Um, and, yeah, it, it, it was really nice to revisit. It's it's the story, like, it, it sounds a wee bit juvenile, and it's okay. But, like, it was, uh, I was in an old band, and me and the keyboardist of that band were very close. And they started dating someone who was just very controlling, took over their life, ruined our friendship. And it was very heart. It was a very heartbreaking experience. But the more I, I talk a lot with my fans on Twitter, the more I talked about it, the more I realized so many people have gone through that where they lose their bud, you know, you know like, you know, genders reverse, whatever to this controlling relationship. And it's like, it's so devastating, you know? So that's what I wrote dance on the strings about. Cause it's like, you know, there's strings attached and it, it, there's the imagery of like losing your friend because of this controlling person. So um, yeah, it was really fun to revisit and I'm glad that it's done. Like I've been reading so many books lately about, the self-discovery as a creative and just get sometimes it's more even if it's like not the greatest song ever the fact that you've finished it there's like a level of liberation and relief knowing like hey well at least you know i finished it i tried my best so it's so yeah. nice that dance on the strings is done and it's out there and like it's really moody and i was so ha- like i saw the lyric video we just completed the lyric video it's nothing crazy but it just really was like oh man, I'm so glad it, it's out there. Now it, you know, it can stop. They, I feel like these, these songs that want to be born. So to say, they visit me at certain times, you know, mm. and they're like, Hey, don't forget about me. Remember this melody? You're supposed to write it down. And, and the minute it's all like recorded and out there, that song leaves my brain. You know, I don't even remember what a uh, uh, dead of winter sounds like sometimes. Cause if it's done, it's out there. Like I don't have to think about it anymore. So I, <laughs> that, that's, that's, one of my things as a, a songwriter um yeah so it's it's just nice that it's out and now i can just you know make room to focus on bursting other songs <laughs>
0: <No. Yeah. laughs> well I, I don't think you're alone in that one when it comes to like like forgetting about songs it, sort of like not not forgetting per se but all of a sudden like you finish a song it's kind of out of your brain meanwhile anything else will not get out of your head <laughs> oh I yeah have, like yeah, I I know from my own personal experience. I have too many uh, riffs, melodies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that are still stored up here, even though they're written down, but they're not mm-hmm. done, and so mm-hmm. they're like constantly nagging at you. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's it's yeah. One, it's one of those things. You just gotta you try to get them out as fast as possible, I guess, or oh. just try to finish them
1: yeah anything like that I'm suffering with that with Antiqua right now because there's so many like melodic dark string melodies that just come in and out of my head and I'm like god was this what it was like for like Bach and Beethoven and you know like (laughs) Mozart like what were they going through because you know I'll just be sitting there and all of a sudden this beautiful lush dark string melody will like get in my head and I'm like Oh God. And then I actually oh so funny. I saw a meme recently. I sent it to everyone in Antiqua (laughs) and I was crying laughing. And it's like you think like Beethoven saw God when he wrote Ode to Joy and now it's just used during food fights and movies and I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) So so true. Like I I was just like, I really hope like that's my case, but anyway (laughs) You know, maybe I am seeing God, but my string melody will be to like every you know Terminator remake extended movie in the God knows what, <laughs> you
0: know. Don't, oh, don't worry. <laughs> 20 years down the road, Worlds Away, the, t- the title track will be used in some random CW drama uh, one day. I promise I you that. <laughs> I knew it. So I'm right. okay so, with that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I wanted to, in ter- finishing off the album, I wanted to ask you about Warn Me. I've I, yeah. been looking through your discography. I feel like I know nothing about Warn Me. Yeah, tell me right. about that song. Like, is it a cover or is it something else?
1: It is mine. It was a B-side for Martyr. Uh, the, oh, okay. there's like a few copies left. If you want, I can send you one. We have like an extended storybook version, digipack, and it has like two bonus songs and. The mm-hmm. uh, Trail and Warn Me. So Warn Me is a really dark track. I played it live in Toronto last year. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
0: I do remember hearing that song, honestly, but I it's something, I don't know, Like I feel like I've never heard anything about I've recognized the name, but yeah. anything else seems like it was like, it came out of thin air.
1: Yeah, it, it was one of those, uh, you know, I took an advice from an A&R person on what the order of my album should be, and I feel like I mm. should have never made that a B-side because it was everyone's favorite on the team. But yeah, Warm Me is a very dark track. It's actually one of the first originals that me and Rocky started working on. And Mm -hmm. uh, at the time, I missed the chance to go through the haunted forest in Romania uh, due to just a rough day on tour. And it, it was, you know, I was really bummed out that I never got to go. But then I just wrote this poem about like what I thought it would be like going into that forest per se. You were like captured by the witches and who knows what. Um, But I really had a fun time like just writing about folklore and writing poetry while I was traveling on a tour Mm -hmm. bus and that that music really invoked that in me and then I got the whole team on board and man that track that track like I love the rock version but yeah the stripped down version kind of happened last minute I I ditched the cover I was going to do a cover and it wasn't coming out the way I wanted it to. And then I started playing Warn Me on the harp and I'm like, Oh yeah, like this this is good. This is a
0: good idea. So it, it, it just, This is how we end our album. This yeah, is how exactly. we do it. Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's such a weird way to end such a, a lullaby like off album and then at the end it's like here's warn me has been dying in the woods by the hands of witches. <laughs> my mom my mom right now would be like, I'm not surprised, but it is
0: <laughs> I mean to be fair, you ended the last one with lullaby itself. So- So I mean, ending your albums with a creepy vibe is definitely uh, like a a creepy, dark vibe is definitely nothing Mm. new here.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Yeah. All right.
0: Um, So you were talking quite a bit about Antiqua this entire time. So uh, with the whole we're all stuck in quarantine and can't go out thing. uh, Obviously, you've had a lot of time to work on multiple projects, such as, you know, obviously Worlds Away, but also apparently a new single from Antiqua. Now, yeah. obviously, you can't give away everything about it without spoiling any surprises. Of yeah. But what can you tell us about this upcoming single?
1: Uh, well, we're going into the studio next month, and it should be out this winter, uh, hoping mm-hmm. for before Christmas. But if worse comes to worst, it'll show up before the snow in Canada melts. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's going really well. It's definitely a challenge. Um, we're from five different countries, and our poor lead singer stuck in Australia. Um, uh-huh. and yeah, it's, it's hard communicating. Like, like I do <sighs> my work during the day and then we talk until my wee hours of the night. Uh, and you know, and it's just, it's so weird, but we make it work and, um, it's going really good. I'm really like, I really enjoy that project because it's like, I, there's no rules for me. I'm not trying to sound like anything that was before. So I'm just pouring out all my ideas more in a classical vein on strings and piano and I'm also getting to write lots of Gregorian and Orthodox chant. And I'm singing in a new style, too, that I never thought oh. possible. Like, as I get older, my voice is changing. And there's a lower register to me that I've never tapped in with with my solo. And the Cradle never really gave me the chance because it was all speeches, classical, or the whole live Christine vibe. So mm. um, I just, I'm having the best time ever with Antiqua. And we're all really enjoying it. And everyone really gets along. And we're all really really excited but i think it's just it's so nice um me and zen are like twins like we share a lot of the same creative ideas and energy and we really inspire one another we feed off of each other even though we're <laughs> worlds away um, but, um <laughs> oh god lame. i see what but, you
0: did there <laughs> yeah,
1: see, yeah so um it, it's uh it's just so refreshing to to have that i feel really blessed you know at the end of the day when i think about all that i have to be grateful for the fact that I get to have a band with one of my best friends and we're continually just like enjoying creating together. I mean, that's like, gosh, like, you know, no money, no fame, no egos, nothing, nothing like that getting in the way. It's such a blessing. And I don't even care like if Antiqua blows up or not. I don't. The fact that I get to do this and we're enjoying ourselves, that's the gift. That's really truly the gift, and I hope
0: that nothing ever tears from that. All right. So, uh, final question, and uh, I, obviously I wanted to ask you the serial question again, but I already asked you that, so oh, I will right. instead for your second time. <laughs> and you already gave me such a gr- you already gave me such a great answer last time, so uh, instead I will ask you this new question. Sure. You are transformed into a unicorn that's constantly shitting sparkles everywhere. You're in this form for only 24 hours. What do you do with that time?
1: send a lot of glitter bombs in the
0: mail <laughs> Yes,
1: <laughs> like a lot like get my best friend to like collect all the glitter and put it in envelopes and just send it to anyone who has done me dirty and just like just oh yeah <laughs> that,
0: is, that is such sparkly revenge right there oh that'd be beautiful yes. all <laughs> right well <laughs> well Lindsay, thanks again for sitting down with me once again uh, to, uh this time over the podcast it's been a great time this past 25 minutes. Wow. Uh, so the new album worlds away is due out October 9th. It's going to be out everywhere. I'm assuming, are there going to be any physical copies that people can uh, purchase?
1: Yes. They can go to schoolcraftshop.com and you can
0: get all the merch there. All right, so you heard that right here, school, uh, schoolcraftshop.com. Make sure you head there. And also, we had the chance, subscribe to our mailing list as well. I'm on it, and it's a lot of fun watching oh. uh, watching some of those emails come in. So, Lindsay, thanks again for coming on for the podcast, and uh, oh, hope you have yourself a wonderful day.
1: You too, Tom. Thanks again. appreciate
0: it. This episode of the Metal Robot Podcast was remastered as of May 2021 to ensure great sound quality for your enjoyment. Plus, I just can't help but change shit. I should probably just leave as is. Anyways, if you're enjoying the podcast, consider subscribing wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on YouTube, so that any future episodes will appear right in your feed. Now, if you'll excuse me, my sleep paralysis demon is reading me a bedtime story. Mmm, that's nice. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. So I found an interesting piece from Metal Hammer, actually, uh, w- who was talking with Reba Mayers of Code Orange. She has a very interesting uh, point of view when it comes to the metal genre, and that is that we are falling behind other genres. And the simple reason is because we have a sense of loyalty towards the older acts in the metal genre, but when the newer acts come around, not so much of a of a thing. Now, that got me pretty interested, seeing as Code Orange is a new act, along with plenty of other newer acts that are gaining traction, such as like uh, like uh, Bad Wolves, um, and Nothing More is a big one. That's my phone, don't worry about it. Uh, so there's, there, are, there are bands within the genre that are getting up there. But Reba does have a point. When it comes to metal, a lot of the newer bands seem to get treated not as good as the older bands, you know, the veterans, the ones who've been around since the 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s even, the ones who have been around for quite some time. And that is a weird thing to think about. Why is that a thing? Why are we allowing that kind of thing to take place? And when it comes to how we treat the older genre, I think the older, uh, the older, the older uh, bands. I think I understand why because when you really get down to it, they've been around for a long time. They've been able to gain a lot of traction. They've been able to get a lot of a fan base. And back in the day, we were treating them better. This was a brand new genre back in the day that we seem to forget nowadays like metal has been around for quite a while, but back when it was just starting up, when it was starting to get steam, uh, Blacks, bands like Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, if you want to count them, Metallica, uh, Motorhead. Like, all these bands were just coming up. It was a brand new thing. We've never heard anything like this before. Nowadays, it's hard for anybody to find anything new. And I think we are still kind of in that kind of mentality from the back in the day. Uh, and I say that as kind of like a 180 from, uh, from, you know, we don't have that kind of mentality. But we do, because Code Orange, in a way, is... Very different from what we've heard. I, I don't. I can't really put my finger on it, but Code Orange has something to them that screams unique, that screams Code Orange. They are part of the hardcore, post-hardcore, metalcore genre, but something about them is not something you've heard before. So they were able to gain a lot of traction, especially when Forever came out back in 2017, I think it was. That's quite a bit ago. It's times like that when you... When you have a band like this, where there's clearly an identity to them, and that is where these bands will rise, they will shine. Metal, at the end of the day, doesn't necessarily favor the veteran acts, in my opinion. I get where Reba's coming from, absolutely. Like, uh, like as she as she points out, you look at festival lineups, a lot of them are bands from the '90s, '80s, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And when you look at Coachella, it's modern acts. I get the comparison. I really do. But really, what it boils down to is a different problem in the metal community. Our problem isn't necessarily that we're favoring the old acts, although we do we do, do that from time to time. The big problem, in my opinion, is that there's not enough innovation in metal, and this is something I, I, that I believe uh, Luke from Rock Reviews touched on in one of his videos not too long ago. Uh, but metal needs to innovate. It needs to push forward. And in my experience, when it comes to reviewing music, I've listened to a lot of metal music over the past few years that I've been doing this whole thing. And what I've learned is that there are the unique case every once in a while. But overall, it's the same shit, different day. You don't get anything new when it comes to the metal community. I've been trying to find something new when it comes to the promotion, uh, the promotional material that I get, and I'm not getting a lot, which is unfortunate because there's a lot of good, unique metal out there, and there's people with great ideas for music, but none of them are getting executed or executed well. If anything like the ones that get pushed forward the most are the ones that you're familiar with the thrash metal the death metal the the Hardcore metalcore stuff that is very recognizable to you when you first hear it. It's safe. It's accessible, it's enjoyable, but is it new that's kind of the big question here and Honestly, I don't think metal has been doing much in the way of new things nowadays. And the reason why Coachella has been able to do that is because for, you know, for all its faults, pop has been able to evolve. I mean, shoot, Billie Eilish is one of the more unique acts in the pop genre, in the in the pop realm nowadays. And yeah, I know, I know pop is a lot of problems. It has a lot of problems. I cannot stand pop myself. But you got to admit, as a music fan, Billie Eilish is doing things better. She's more unique. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing with pop. Again, for all its faults, it favors innovation. Metal, it seems, does not. And I think that's where our biggest shortcomings are coming from. So I do understand where Reba is coming from with this one. 100%. It's one of those things where you got to understand that metal is hopefully going to change one day and we at the moment we are not changing so i understand where he was coming from and i 100 percent agree with her but at the same time the problem is not that we are uh, favoring the old acts it's that we are not favoring innovation on that note we've actually and this is kind of something that just popped up because i'm i'm only just recording this i have nothing written down for this i literally just have the article in front of me uh where i'm reading pretty much quote uh just quotes from the interview but when it comes to i just kind of had this thought the reason why we're favoring the old acts is because of the innovate of the lack of innovation newer bands that come out or quote newer bands are choosing to focus on the past. They are constantly reminding us of bands that have done this sound better before. I've talked a bit about this on the podcast before, where newer bands will come out with a very familiar sound, and they're just essentially copying the past. And that is one of the biggest driving forces, in my opinion. When you really get down to it, what are they doing different that, has, that hasn't that has already been done? Like, what are they doing with Thrash metal with death metal with deathcore with metalcore that hasn't already been done before by bands who have been around much longer. What is the token thrash metal band from Texas doing different than Slayer? What is the token deathcore band from uh, from Michigan that's doing anything different from uh, from Whitechapel or from Diarda's Murder? What are these bands doing that is different? The answer is nothing. As far as I can tell, there's not a lot of uniqueness. The metal community has the biggest problem of a lack of a face, or too many faces to count. There's not enough identity within the metal community. So the the newer bands that are coming out, unless they find a way to make themselves unique, like in the case of Code Orange, they are going to fall short. There's a reason why they end up going short. And of course, yeah... The mentality of the festivals is a big driving force here. I see where you're coming from with that one, Reba. I absolutely do. Uh, That is for sure something that we need to work on. But, but, when the majority of the older bands have a bigger following and they have a sound that is unique to them, it's something that I feel like a lot of festivals are going to favor. I mean, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you want to favor an act that is really unique and easy to spot, easy to point out when you hear it? Or do you want an act that you don't know who they are when you first hear them? You put on one of their songs, you put on one of their albums, and you try to play the guessing game. You're not shown the album art, you're not shown the band name, or even the album name, or even the song name, and you're told to guess who they are. Who are you going to end up guessing? Like, are you going to guess anything? Are you going to guess it correctly, or are you going to guess the bands who have done it before. That's kind of where metal falls short. And I'm not trying to defend metal in this case, but this is something that needs to be looked... This obviously is obviously a big problem in the metal community. But I think pointing towards the festivals and thinking, you have the wrong mentality, is not the right direction here, in my opinion. I think the big thing we need to look at is, you know, why are they focusing on the older bands? It's not of po- And it's not because of popularity either. We need to look at the metal genre as a whole and think, why has there been so little innovation? Why are the older acts getting favored over the newer ones? And why are certain newer acts getting favored over other newer ones? That's something that we need to keep in mind because otherwise uh, we're not going to innovate. Again, I've listened to a lot of metal music over the past couple years, and this is a trend I've seen a lot. We are not innovating. And look, I'm not going to sit here and say I know the answer to the problems, uh, and I and I know how we can innovate. I don't, honestly. If I had the answers, I would be telling you. And honestly, well, actually, no. Let's go. Are we kidding? I wouldn't be telling anybody. I'd be keeping that to myself. But nonetheless, like we need to find a way to innovate. We need to try new things as. As a metal community, we, as fans, as music listeners, we need to demand better. As musicians, we need to try better. Because otherwise, we're going to keep running into the same problem. Metal and rock will never innovate. That is a huge thing that we need to focus on. Because otherwise, what are we doing with ourselves? Are we really going to sit in the past the entire time? We need to move forward. And if we don't, well these smaller acts are never going to end up in any festivals. Whether you want that or not, that is up to us to decide. You just listened to MRP, The Metal Robot Podcast. Thanks for listening. You can check us out on the internet, YouTube, Metal Robot Reviews, Facebook and Twitter at the Metal Robot, and Instagram at Robot. You can also check out everything we do on TheMetalRobot.com for videos, reviews, press, and so much more. I'm Tom McKay of Metal Robot Reviews signing off. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Click subscribe if you haven't already. I'll see you in the mosh pit next time. Have a good night.